Good morning, church. Um, hope you guys are doing well. Um, normally I do the reflection on Monday, but I just kind of got caught off guard yesterday, and so I thought I would just come this morning and still offer up uh, some Bible reading reflection as I uh, reading through uh, the second letter to Corinthians this morning. Um, if you are unaware, uh, the sec the two letters to the Corinthians, um, just fantastic letters. The first one Paul writes to the church uh, that he helped establish um, is a pretty harsh letter. It's a pretty confronting to sin letter um, as he hears of the things that are happening there and um, seeing the division and the disunity between believers. Uh, Paul, especially as one who helped establish that church, was pretty upset, pretty um, torn apart when it comes to uh, what the church and what is now happening uh, there is doing. And so um, he writes this first letter to them and, and as it wasn't received very well, it wasn't received in a way that uh, led them to a way that uh, appreciated Paul all the more, but it did lead them to a, a place that was um, of thankfulness and repentance of of seeing where their sin was as Paul laid it out and although uh, they didn't really think too much highly of Paul after that um, Paul is very thankful as we read in 2nd Corinthians that um, although they might still not see Paul as who Paul sh should be necessarily in their eyes at least it led him to a place that was of good of a good place with the Lord. And so that's the part that kind of just stood out to me. And I just kind of wanted to share with you this morning um, is in second Corinthians chapter seven, uh, one through 10. And I thought just the last part of that really stands out this morning. And hopefully uh, that we can take away and reflect on, on our own lives. Um, this idea of, of godly grief that produces a repentance. And so uh, let me just read that for you. And um, we see chapter seven, verse one, he says, since we have, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Make room in your hearts for us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. I do not say this to condemn you, for I said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I am acting with great boldness toward you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort in all our affliction. I am overflowing with joy. You can just hear Paul's heart towards this church, although they may not be receiving him very well right now. His heart is for them. His heart is for every believer to be unified. His heart is for every church to be a light to the nations here. And you can just see that he is just pleading with them to understand where he's coming from in, in his first letter and, and showing them where they are wrong in their sin and their ways between each other. And so he continues in verse 5, For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without fear, fighting without and fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by coming, by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you, as he told us of your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoice still more. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, 
for I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. Paul just laying out his heart. He's saying, I, I, I regret that it grieved you, but I do not regret its content. I do not regret that it's, its aftermath. I do not regret the things that as you read it, you were... Um, that you were you were pierced to the heart with. I do not regret any of that, except that um, that it had to be done in a in a sense. And he says, so he says again, verse eight. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved. I'm not I'm not happy that you were sad. I'm not happy that you were grieved with me. I'm not happy that you were upset with me. But, but I am happy because you were grieved into repenting for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. Not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Although Paul is, is really, he's, he's kind of torn. He doesn't want to grieve them, but in a way he rejoices in their grief because it led to repentance. It led to a, a, re, a return back to the ways of God and, and the ways of that church. And so um, he is he is in a way sad but in a way not because he understands that although this truth that he spoke into the lives of this of this church it led to a way that would give life that sometimes the walls had to be broken down sometimes the heart has to be pierced sometimes this truth has to be spoken to one another when we are in sin and unrepentant of it we have to be able to speak into one another's lives and say no 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 this is not the way because this is going to lead to death this is going to lead us away from god eternally and so we need to be able to break that barrier and say, although I might cause you grief right now, that I am having to speak truth into your life that you may not want to hear. Here is the truth. Repent now so that you may walk in God's faithfulness. And so that last verse, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. It's just It just is dumbfounding and then whereas whereas godly grief produces death if paul just paul just lets him continue to live and not say anything and want to stay friends and make sure that everything is kosher between them um, he knows exactly what is going to happen death is going to happen unrepentance is going to happen and so um as we just reflect on those t verses this morning my heart is is um are we allowing other people to look into our lives and call out the sin in our lives in a, in a loving and a humble as, as even in you go into Galatians, um, you see uh, how we are to help correct one another with gentleness. You know, it's not to just uh, be a jerk. It's not to say I don't have my own sins and it's not to say that I have um, it all figured out. But if we're not loving each other by saying, hey, I see this in your life and I see where this is going to go and we don't say anything, Paul says, we're just letting other people lead their lives into a way that is going to go to death. But if in gentleness and in love and genuine care for one another, 
we we walk with people and point those and help see, help them see those things. They may not like it. They may not see the at first how good it is for them, but um, but that we might understand that the godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. That ultimately, um, others speaking into our lives will lead to life and freedom not from those and from the things that were causing us to sin and so um is there people that are in your life that they can see those things free in you and are willing to call them out and are and you allow them to call them out um or have you seen those things in other people um and you maybe you just have said the friendship is worth too much rather than uh, actually pointing out those things i would just ask that you pray about it that you reflect on it that you um, do all things in gentleness and the building of one another in love and care for each other um, hopefully this is um, a good reflection this morning and this week as we uh, just kind of think about that um, and hope you have a wonderful rest of your day